Book One, Chapters Twenty One through Twenty Five of Against Jovinianus by St. Jerome. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I must not linger over Moses, and my purpose is at full speed to lightly touch on each topic and to sketch the outline of a proper knowledge of my subject. I will pass to Joshua the son of Nun, who was previously called Aus, or better in the Hebrew, Osi, that is, Savior. For he, according to the epistle of Jude, saved the people of Israel and led them forth out of Egypt and brought them into the land of promise. As soon as this Joshua reached the Jordan, the waters of marriage, which had ever flowed in the land, dried up and stood in one heap. And the whole people, barefooted and on dry ground, crossed over and came to Gilgal. And there was a second time circumcised. If we take this literally, we cannot possibly stand. For if we had two foreskins, or if another could grow after the first was cut off, there would be room for the speaking of a second circumcision. But the meaning is that Joshua circumcised the people who had crossed the desert with the gospel knife, and he circumcised them with a stone knife, that what in the case of Moses' son was prefigured in a few might under Joshua be fulfilled in all. Moreover, the very foreskins were heaped together and buried and covered with earth, and the fact that the reproach of Egypt was taken away, the name of the place Gilgal, which is by interpretation Revelation, show that while the people wandered in the desert, uncircumcised, their eyes were blinded. Let us see what follows. After this gospel circumcision and the consecration of twelve stones at the place of Revelation, the Passover was immediately celebrated. A lamb was slain for them, and they ate the food of the Holy Land. Joshua went forth and was met by the prince of the host, sword in hand, that is, either to show that he was ready to fight for the circumcised people or to sever the tie of marriage. And in the same way that Moses was commanded, so was he, loose thy shoe, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. For if the armed host of the Lord was represented by the trumpets of the priests, we may see in Jericho a type of the overthrow of the world by the preaching of the gospel, and pass over endless details, for it is not my purpose now to unfold all the mysteries of the Old Testament. The five kings who previously reigned in the land of promise and opposed the gospel army were overcome in battle with Joshua. I think it is clearly to be understood that before the Lord led his people from Egypt and circumcised them, sight, smell, taste, hearing, and touch had the dominion. And that to these, as to the five princes, everything was subject. And when they took part in the cave of the body and in the place of darkness, Jesus entered the body itself and slew them, that the source of their power might be the instrument of their death. But it is now time for us to raise the standard of Joshua's chastity. It is written that Moses had a wife. Now Moses is interpreted both by our Lord and by the Apostle to mean the law. They have Moses and the prophets, and death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgression. And no one doubts that in both passages Moses signifies the law. We read that Moses, that is the law, had a wife. Show me then in the same way that Joshua the son of Nun had either wife or children, and if you can do so, I will confess that I am beaten. He certainly received the fairest spot in the division of land of Judah, and died in the twenties, which are ever unlucky in scripture. 
but them are reckoned by the years of Jacob's service, the price of Joseph, and sundry presents which Esau, who was fond of them, received. But in the tens, whose praises we have often sung, and he was buried in Tamnoth Sar, that is, most perfect sovereignty, or among those of a new covering, to signify the crowds of virgins covered by the Savior's aid on Mount Ephraim, that is, the fruitful mountain, on the north of the mountain of Gaash, which is being interpreted disturbance. For Mount Zion is on the sides of the north, the city of the great king, is ever exposed to hatred, and every trial says, but my feet had well nigh slipped. The book which bears the name of Joshua ends with his burial. Again in the book of Judges we read of him as though he had risen and come to life again, and by way of summary his works are extolled. We read too, so Joshua sent the people away, every man unto his inheritance, that they might possess the land. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and so on. There immediately follows, and Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. Moses, moreover, only saw the land of promise. He could not enter, and he died in the land of Moab. And the Lord buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulchre until this day. Let us compare the burial of the two. Moses died in the land of Moab, Joshua in the land of Judah. The former was buried in a valley over against the house of Fogor, which is being interpreted reproach. For the Hebrew, Forgor corresponds to Priapus, the latter in Mount Ephraim on the north of Mount Gaash. And in the simple expressions of the sacred scriptures, there is always a more subtle meaning. The Jews gloried in children and in childbearing, and the barren woman who had not offspring in Israel was accursed. But blessed was he whose seed was in Zion and his family in Jerusalem. And part of the high blessing was, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of thy house, thy children like olive plants round thy table. Therefore his grave is described as placed in a valley over against the house of an idol, which was in a special sense consecrated to lust. But we who fight under Joshua, our leader, even to the present day, know not where Moses was buried. For we despise Fogor and all his shame, knowing that they who are in the flesh cannot please God. And the Lord before the flood had said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for that he also is flesh. Wherefore, when Moses died, the people of Israel mourned for him, Joshua, like one on his way to victory, was unmourned. For marriage ends at death. Virginity thereafter begins to wear the crown. Next he brings forward Samson, and does not consider that the Lord's Nazarite was once shaven, bald by a woman. And although Samson continued to be a type of the Savior because he loved a harlot from among the Gentiles, which harlot corresponds to the church, and because she slew more enemies in his death than he did in his life, yet he does not set an example of conjugal chastity, and he surely reminds us of Jacob's prophecy. He was shaken by his runaway steed, bitten by an adder, and fell backwards. But why he enumerated Deborah and Barak, and the wife of Herber the Kenite, I am at a loss to understand. 
For it is one thing to draw up a list of military commanders in historical sequence, another to indicate certain figures of marriage, which cannot be found in them. And whereas he prefers the fidelity of the father Jephthah to the tears of the virgin daughter that makes for us, for we are not commending virgins of the world so much as those who are virgins for Christ's sake. And most Hebrews blame the father for the rash vow he made. If thou wilt indeed deliver the children of Ammon into mine hand, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, it shall be for the Lord, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Supposing, they say, a dog or an ass had met him, what would he have done? Their meaning is that God so ordered events that he who had improvidently made a vow should learn his error by the death of his daughter and if saul who was brought up in the tabernacle married a wife how does that prejudice virginity as if at the present day also there were not many married priests and as though the apostle did not describe a bishop as a husband of one wife having children with purity at the same time we must not forget that samuel was a levite not a priest or high priest Hence it was that his mother made for him a linen ephod, that is, a linen garment to go over the shoulders, which was the proper dress of the Levites and of the inferior order. And so he is not named in the Psalms among the priests, but among those who call upon the name of the Lord, Moses and Aaron among his priests, and Samuel among those who call upon his name. For Levi begat Kohath, Kohath begat Aminadab, Aminadab begat Korath, Korath begat Asir, Asir begat Elkanah, Elkanah begat Zoph, Zoph begat Tahath, Tahath begat Eliel, Eliel begat Jerome, Jerome begat Elkanah, Elkanah begat Samuel. And no one doubts that the priests sprang from the stock of Aaron, Eleazar and Phineas. And seeing that they had wives, they would be rightly brought against us, if led away by the error of the Ancretites, we were to maintain that marriage deserved censure. And our high priests were not after the order of Melchizedek, without father, without mother. Agenneloetis, that is, unmarried. And much fruit truly did Samuel reap from his children, he himself pleased God, but begat such children as displeased the Lord. But if in support of second marriage he urges the instance of Boaz and Ruth, let him know that in the church, St. Matthew chapter 1, 6, to typify the church, even Rahab, the harlot, is reckoned among our Lord's ancestors. He boasts that David bought his wife for two hundred foreskins, but he should remember that David had numerous other wives, and afterwards received Michal, Saul's daughter, whom her father had delivered to another, and when he was old got heat from the embrace of the Shumanite maiden. Now, I do not say this because I am bold enough to disparage holy men, but because it is one thing to live under the law, another to live under the gospel. David slew Uriah the Hittite and committed adultery with Bathsheba, and because he was a man of blood, the reference is not, as some think, to his wars, but to the murder. He was not permitted to build the temple of the Lord. But as for us, if we cause one of the least to stumble, and if we say to a brother Raka, 
or use our eyes improperly. If it were good that a millstone were hanged about our neck, we shall be in danger of Gehenna, and a mere glance will be reckoned to us for adultery. He passes on to Solomon, through whom wisdom itself sang its own praises. Seeing that not content with dwelling upon his praises, he calls him Uxurius. I am surprised that he did not add the words of the canticles. There are threescore queens and fourscore concubines and maidens without number, and those of the first book of kings. And he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and others without number. These are they who turned away his heart from the Lord. And yet before he had many wives, he fell into sins of the flesh. At the beginning of his reign, and in his early years, he built a temple to the Lord. For everyone is judged not by what he will be, but for what he is. But if Jovinianus approves the example of Solomon, he will no longer be in favor of second and third marriages only, but unless he has seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines, he cannot be the king's antitype or attain to his merit. I earnestly again and again remind you, my reader, that I am compelled to speak as I do, and that I do not disparage our predecessors under the law, but am well aware that they served their generation according to their circumstances, and fulfilled the Lord's command to increase and multiply and replenish the earth. And what is more, they were figures of those that were to come. But we to whom it is said, the time is shortened, that henceforth those who have wives be as though they had none, have a different command, and for us virginity is consecrated by the virgin Savior. What folly it was to include Elijah and Elisha in the list of married men. It is plain without a word for me. But since John the Baptist came in the spirit and power of Elijah, and John was a virgin, it is clear that he came not only in Elijah's spirit, but also in his bodily chastity. Then the passage relating to Hezekiah might be adduced, although Jovinianus, with his wanton stupidity, did not notice it, in which, after his recovery, and the addition of fifteen years to his life, he said, Now I will beget children. It must be remembered, however, that in the Hebrew texts, the passage is not so, but runs thus, The father to the children shall make known thy faithfulness, nor need we wonder that Huldah, the prophetess, and the wife of Shalom, was consulted by Josiah, the king of Judah, when the captivity was approaching, and the wrath of the Lord was falling upon Jerusalem. Since it is the rule of Scripture, when holy men fail, to praise women to the reproach of men, and it is superfluous to speak of Daniel, for the Hebrews to the present day affirm the three youths were eunuchs in accordance with the declaration of God, which Isaiah uttered to Hezekiah, and of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And again in Daniel we read, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring in certain of the children of Israel, even of the seed royal, and of the nobles, youth in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skilled in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science. The conclusion is then, if Daniel and the three youths were chosen from the seed royal, and if scripture foretold 
that there should be eunuchs of the seed royal, these men were those who were made eunuchs. If he meets us with the argument that in Ezekiel it is said that Noah, Daniel, and Job in a sinful land could not free their sons and daughters, we reply that the words are used hypothetically. Noah and Job were not in existence at that time. We know that they lived many ages before. And the meaning is this. If there were such and such men in a sinful land, they shall not be able to save their own sons and daughters, because the righteousness of the father shall not save the son, nor shall the sin of one be imputed to another. For the soul that sinneth, it shall die. This too must be said, that Daniel, as the history of his book shows, was taken captive with King Joachim at the same time that Ezekiel was also led into captivity. How then could he have sons who was still a youth, and only three years had elapsed when he was brought in to wait upon the king? Let no one suppose that Ezekiel at this time remembers Daniel as a man, not as a youth. For it came to pass, he says, in the sixth year, that is of King Jehoiakim, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, and as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me. Yet on that same day it was said to him, Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, Daniel was therefore a youth, and known to the people, either on account of his interpretation of the king's dreams, or on account of the release of Susanna, and the slaying of the elders. And it is clearly proved at the time these things were spoken of Noah, Daniel, and Job, Daniel was still a youth, and could not have had sons and daughters, whom he might save by his righteousness. So far concerning the law. End of Book 1, Chapters 21 through 25